You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the business and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're going to talk to Kelly Zaytunian, DVM, MBA, CERP, about finding and firing clients. I'm your host, Kim Brown, editor of Equimanagement. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you in 2023 by Care Credit. Dr. Kelly Zaytunian is the owner of Starwood Equine Veterinary Service and Starwood Veterinary Consulting. She earned her doctorate of veterinary medicine from the Virginia, Maryland Regional College of Veterinary Medicine in 2009. Dr. Zaytunian is a member of the American Association of Equine Practitioners and is also on the board of directors of the Northern California Association of Equine Practitioners. She also obtained her Equine Rehabilitation Certificate Program, that's the CERP certification. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Zaytunian. Thank you. Always fun to come and have a chat with you. Well, we love hearing from you because we get some really honest things that other veterinarians can relate to. And I think today is going to be one of those times because we know veterinarians, most of the time, they love their clients. They love their patients. However, there's a lot of surveys that have shown that clients are also the cause of a lot of stress for equine veterinarians. And that can contribute to an unhappy practitioner who ultimately leaves practice. So let's start out with how can clients cause stress for veterinarians? (laughs) How can they not (laughs) cause stress for veterinarians? I mean, this is bottom line, a service industry, right? So this whole mantra of like the client is always right and we need to be doing everything that we can for the clients. It it sort of rings true, but I do think that we find ourselves getting in trouble when we stick so much to that mantra that we break down some of our boundaries and some of our own um, missions, visions, personal things at the expense of trying to, you know, keep that client happy. So uh, some of the things that I can immediately think of would be communication boundaries. We all have those clients who message us day in and day out, often as we're sitting down to dinner or in the middle of a ball game or reading a book or, I mean, doing anything that we want to be doing um, that isn't work related. But then we get this feeling like we have to respond to them. And then there's these feelings of guilt if we don't immediately respond or resentment if we do respond and stop uh, what we're what we're doing in our personal time. So, so that's one. Um, and we'll talk about maybe a little bit later how we can keep that from happening as much. Um, there's the other side of it is, you know, just this lack of respect for our time and our efforts being made for appointments. You know, we all work so hard to do the best that we can for our patients. And when that is just underappreciated or not appreciated at all, uh, or we have the individual who's upset because we're 15 minutes late or have to push the appointment by an hour because an emergency has popped up. That can really add a lot of stress to the day. And and those are things out out of our control. And so hoping to find that understanding from clients can can be really helpful or it can be really stressful if they they don't 
give us that um, yeah. little bit of wiggle room. Um, I can think of a stressor for our practice right now that's, you know, kind of uh, timely to today. And that's dealing with the physicular um, stomatitis outbreak that we have going on here in California. It is throwing everybody for a loop. And we are, you know, having it's middle of show season. There are clients going here, there and everywhere. And the requirements and expectations of the horse shows are different for every show. And they are changing for the shows on a day by day basis. So we've actually had a couple clients where we've gone out and we've done our examination and we've submitted a health certificate. And then the horse show says, no, instead of it being within five days of the show, it needs to be within 24 hours of showing up. Uh, now we have clients upset with us because they've already paid for a visit and, you know, now they have to have us come out again. Well, we didn't change the regulations. Yeah. We've just trying to do our best, but um, that that is creating quite a bit of angst at our clinic at the moment. So oh, I'm sure, I'm sure as people are listening, they can think of other scenarios and situations that would probably be relatively similar. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. So how can veterinarians help set their clients up for success with their practice? I think the biggest thing that you can do, and you just at this point in this day and age, you have to do is have your clients, anybody new, and even your existing, sign a client fee agreement. Um, and really, it's a, it's a client relationship agreement because it goes beyond just fees. It really outlines expectations for payment, yes, but also care and what the client needs to do to stay in good standing for you to provide emergency coverage and the routes of communication or modes of communication that they should reach out to your clinic are specifically says that doctors do not text message um, so that they don't think that they can just do that. Uh, it also includes in it how we expect our entire team to be treated, uh, because that's been a big concern. You know, it's not just the doctors that get stressed out or uh, used and abused, but it's, it's the entire team. And I think that having that outlined for your clients can really help them to know how they can expect to be treated and also how you expect them to treat you and your team. And formalizing and physically having them sign something, it, I, there's a there's a mental or a psychological component to just that act of signing off that really formalizes the relationship and solidifies those expectations. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and that's and it's something you can always go back to when they say, "Well, I but I needed to text you because I needed you to come out because now the show is saying it's like that's not how we do this." You know. Exactly. So, so when you're looking at that, um, how do you find clients that are the right match for your practice? And every practice is a little different. Absolutely. I think uh, the the 
saying, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So our best clients or our best new clients often are referrals. You know, a trainer that we have a great outstanding relationship with and a good rapport brings on new members. And those are nice because they're just already sort of ingrained into the way things work. So there's less upfront training required, (laughs) which is really great. Um, Somebody else does the training for us or self-selects. And the other ways that I think you can really pick and choose who you're working with or who you're attracting are understanding who it is that you'd like to work with. You know, what are your visions, goals? What do you really enjoy working on? So um, if you want to work only with rainers all day long, then go to those horse shows, join the local raining association, um, you know, gain notoriety in that particular field. Um, if, you know, you only want to work with dressage riders, then take lessons at a local barn or board your horse at the, you know, the top notch dressage clinic in the area so that you can kind of start to establish um, those relationships. But also if you're keeping your horse or you're taking lessons, establish the, you know, I'm wearing the rider hat, my helmet's on. I, I When I would go out to ride, I would always have the like, if I'm wearing my helmet, I can't help you. Yeah. Uh, and people were pretty respectful of that. Um, but it did help me to to gain some yeah. hunter jumper clients. So that was nice. Um, oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And certainly, you know, if education is important to you and you really like building that collaborative environment and having clients that really want to know the why behind what you're doing, offer educational seminars as another opportunity to pick out those clients who are really going to be invested. That's a really good point. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum. That's how you attract and and keep your really the people you enjoy. So how do you consider which clients should not be your clients anymore. And we call it firing a client, but it really is just changing the relationship so that they are no longer your client. So I guess it is firing, but. It's like a conscious uncoupling, right? Isn't that the new? (laughs) Uh, So I like to recommend or follow the 80-20 rule or think of it that way. You know, 80% of our clients um, are, uh, you know, really kind of just like that. They're, they're doing the work, they're, they're doing the things. 20% tend to be the biggest problem child. I um, mean, it's usually in reverse, you know, the, the problem children are not usually the ones that we are making the most revenue or really enjoying working with the most. So uh, for me, we break it down at the clinic into values based cuts or resource-based cuts of clients. So what I mean by values are, you know, who does your front desk have to spend the most time talking to? You know, does it take five times back and forth with this client just to set up a simple vaccine appointment? Uh, That's that's wearing into a lot of time if you start to do the math on that back and forth. Um, You know, are those clients worth your time? Or is there just a client who every time you have... you know, you go out there for your wellness exam, they're fighting you tooth and nail on performing the basic care and the basic vaccinations that need to be done. It seems to me like those clients maybe just don't align with what the practice is looking for from from patient care. And so those would be clients that from a values perspective, we would want to cut our ties with. 
And then there certainly is the resource perspective. Um, that's those clients who maybe you don't see much business from, but they'll call you, you know, for that emergency that's been sitting there for a week and now it's Friday at 5 p.m. and it's time for you to come and look at it. Or that client who's actually perfectly lovely and nice, but maybe lives at the far end of your call area. You only see them for the basic vaccinations twice a year. It, you know, it's just sort of not worth your time. It's nothing against them, but just maybe not worth keeping, um, keeping with. And there's maybe somebody closer that could better serve them. Yeah. And how do you go about breaking up a relationship like this? I mean, sometimes you don't have a good relationship anyway, because they, like you said, you might see them once a year, maybe if you remind them. But so how do you go about it? Yeah, it, I mean, it's really tough, right? We feel guilty and we worry that by cutting ties, especially with these individuals that it's maybe just, it's nothing against them. They're perfectly lovely, but it just doesn't really make business sense. Um, you don't want to leave these people high and dry. And we get into veterinary medicine because we want to help all of these horses, but uh, we can't help all of them. So for those individuals, uh, it's, you know, a resource concern or a time concern. We basically just send them a formal letter. Um, ours, ours is through email um, because we do get the, the signature response that they've received it or the, the read receipt. Um, and those clients, they say, you know, we haven't been keeping up with standard of care for your course over the past year. We think that you would be better served working with somebody, you know, closer to you or who's values aligned or whose services align with more of what you're looking for, um, please let us know if you need any assistance transferring care to another clinic. Here are your medical records attached. And, you know, those those are pretty straightforward and easy. The, the ones that we don't take any time really thinking about and we don't have to kind of hem and haw over like, should we, should we not? Are those clients where it's an unsafe situation? There's either, you know, physical concerns, they're abusive to any of the staff members. There's, you know, they're not following our recommendations to the detriment of the horse. Um, these are the situations where we, you know, just immediately say we'll no longer be providing care. Yeah. We make sure that there's, the horse is stable and we're not leaving, you know, leaving anyone in a critical situation. Um, we may or may not offer any local referral hospital information. Usually if they're a bad apple, I don't like to throw any of my neighboring clinics under the bus and suggest them. So um, it's often just a, you know, sorry, not sorry. We won't be providing services anymore. And here's your medical records. Well, and that's probably the the best thing to do. And, you know, I, again, I'm going to kind of emphasize what you said. You said you always give them something in writing. You don't have to give them a reason if you don't want to. You can just say, we are will no longer be providing care and service. Here's your medical records. I think that that is sometimes the easiest. We always feel like we need to provide people with a reason, even with, you know, sorry, I can't respond to your text because I'm in the middle of a game or I'm in the middle of dinner or I'm, 
it doesn't matter why I'm not responding to that text. And for that same, for that same concept, if it's not a good relationship, it's not a good relationship. And I think we all need to remember, we cannot be everything to everyone. And we do not have to accept or continue to deal with all clients and all patients. Um, So everyone needs to give themselves a little bit of grace and a little bit of empowerment that it is not our duty to say yes to every single person that calls on the phone um, or that's already in our practice. Um, If it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Yeah. And I do want to go back to, to one more point is that if a client isn't paying you for your services, it's okay. I mean, you may have to you may have to write that off, but it's okay to say, you know, if we can no longer provide you services and and you're not responsible for paying for that person's hobby. Right. Absolutely. And this is uh, we talked about this in in another one of um, our conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have a horse. No one on my team owns a horse. It's it's not our duty to be the bank to bankroll someone else's hobby while we are, you know, meanwhile, not going out on the weekend and doing something because we're on call for them or, um, you know, fielding, fielding those, oh, shoot, I forgot to do my health certificate and I'm supposed to be at the show tomorrow. Can you stop what you're doing Friday night and come and fix it for me? Um it's just, it's not our job to fix everything for everyone so that they can go out and have a great time. It's nice that they have the means to support us. And by no means am I, you know, sticking my you know, nose out at, at it being their hobby, right? It gives us a beautiful livelihood and career, but it doesn't mean that we have to be everything to everyone. Right. And, and you don't have to pay the bills for someone else's animals. I've heard small animal practitioners say the same thing. So, yeah. And then there's the old, you know, lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. So. Absolutely. I wish I could put that on our voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? I think you have, you've probably made a lot of veterinarians go, oh, it's not just me. You know, and maybe giving them some suggestions on how to get out of some of these bad relationships with clients. Yeah, if nothing else, if we can, you know, leave everyone with sort of an action item, having listened to uh, this podcast, it's sit down by yourself or with your team, really even better if you have others that are interacting with the clients and ask those questions, you know, are there some clients that are just dragging us down, wearing us out that really are not a good cultural fit. And is it time to let them go? Or do we have those clients that we're constantly trying to hunt down for money and it's not even worth the business that they come by and maybe it's time to let them go. We'll, um, we'll call it summer cleaning instead of spring cleaning, but that, that would be my recommendation for everybody. Well, I think that is a great recommendation. And as always, Dr. Zaitunian, thank you so much for joining us on the Business of Practice. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Care Credit, who lets us have the time and space for these conversations that I think are important. 
And we invite all our listeners to visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear other episodes of the business practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, you can send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter, kbrown, at equinenetwork.com. 